welcome to Views from the East End, man. And it's a pleasure to have you all on. I think this is the biggest seating we've had on the podcast with five guests and Richard and myself as host. Uh, so first off, um, just some housekeeping rules just to keep it all nice and easy. A maximum of two or three people can like talk at the same time, just so it doesn't sound like a whole lot of nonsense. First off, I'm going to hand over to Richard. If Richard has got a few words he wants to say, and then we'll, we'll crack on from there. Richard. Yes, thank you, Francis. Again, thanks everyone for joining us today. Um, I'm sure you guys who've watched the podcast know who I am. I'm the star of it, obviously. I won't, won't get into that too much. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, good luck. thanks for joining us, guys. Um, as Francis said, it's probably the biggest podcast we've had in terms of numbers. But I guess it's a big topic, and um, I'm sure many people are aware of, you know, the um, the killing of George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis in America in, over the past couple of days. So um, that's caused a riot. It's caused a lot of controversy. It's caused a lot of debate as well. Um, so yeah, we're here to talk about it today. Um, as Francis just mentioned, there are sort of housekeeping rules. So uh, I know it's a passionate subject, and everyone wants to get a point across, but. If we could do it in an accordion manner, then that helps everybody sort of have their say and it becomes a bit more of a productive conversation there. Um, so, yeah, Francis, I'm sh- I think you're going to show us a video um, and then we'll crack on from there. Yeah, fantastic. And um, before we show the video, I just want each and every one of you to introduce yourselves. You know I mean, let the people know what you're about, what you do, you know what I mean? And what made you feel like, yeah, I want to jump on this podcast to discuss this particular thing. First, we'll start with Tony Bizzle. Because uh, he's on the top left of my screen. So, Tony Bizzle, introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name's Tony Bizzle. Um, I work in project management during the day. It's my day job. Um, and I also run a, a film production company with Serge, who's online as well. Um, yeah, passionate about, obviously, the advance on the black people and obviously really um, uh, impacted by what's going on in the States. And talking about it, a few of us within some of the chats that we're in. So, I thought it would be good to talk about it together on this podcast. So, that's why I'm here. Awesome stuff. And next to T- Tony Bizzle, T Bizzle, we've got Andrew. Let the people know about yourself. So my name is Andrew. I work in IT. Um, I'm really passionate about community and, you know, insp- inspiring people as well. Um, seeing that video uh, regarding um, that black guy that died, man, it really touched my heart, man. And, you know, I really want us all to kind of work towards, you know, stopping you know, police brutality and, you know, black people dying. Awesome. And next to Andrew, we've got Observer. Observer, let them know what you are, who you are and what you're about. Hey, I'm Observer. And, um, oh, yeah, I work in finance. Um, I, I, joined the, I joined the podcast because they said, um, you know, social media told me if you're not saying anything, then you're on the wrong side. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, nah, I'm joking. I joined the podcast because I was invited. It's a serious topic, and um, you know we just we just need to we just need to uh, you know put it in um, have the conversation and put it in front of people. You know, um, I think the more people that are talking about it actively, trying to engage with the topic, hopefully we can get we can you know people can hear and 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 also get and definitely get some change as well. So yeah, thank you, observer. And next observer, we have Sim. Sim, please let the people know who you are and what you're about. Oh, um, my name's Sim. I'm an accountant. Um, 
I joined this podcast because I'm in a group of Francis and we was actually having a heated debate about this topic. And so, yeah, it'd be good to, to continue it. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Sim. And next to Sim, we have SRA06. Please let the people know who you are and what you are about. Yeah, so I'm SRA06, Artificial Intelligence, uh, just joining in this human conversation right now. Um, I was invited here by Tony Bizzle. And um, I work in media and also a filmmaker as well. And my films tend to have uh, propensity to discuss black issues anyway. So um, I was invited to to talk and um, excited to be here. Thank you, SRA06. I mean, usually I would then introduce the next person, but since he's the star of this show, he needs no introduction and we will just move on swiftly into the video I want to share with everybody. Just in case you haven't seen it, I figured it'll be a good opportunity just to um, share my screen, play the video, and just to refresh our memories if it does need refreshing. So here is the video. Let me know if you can see it and if it's it's playing well. all right so that is the video ladies and gentlemen and the first question i want to ask is right and um it's open floor so feel free to to just jump in there what do you think actually happened like what do you think actually took place to cause them to grab george floyd and treat him in that manner like what do you, what do you think the backstory is do you think it's just they saw a black man they they decided to stop him and then it ended up that way or or what like talk to me um from my understanding they said he had a counterfeit note or something and I think the shopkeeper told the police and then the police obviously tried to arrest him for that. But I just think they're using that as an excuse. I think in America, you know, there's loads of cases before, you know, I mean, before George, where people were, were walking, flying, you know, breathing, blinking, and they're like, just stopping them for no reason and killing them. So I just think the fact that he is black and had an excuse and was a racist officer, do you know what I mean? I just think that's all it is. Because I guarantee you had... Um, the shop called the police and the police went and if they saw it was a white man, that would have never happened. So the, the whole reason behind um, stopping him, it's not valid. It's just because it's black. Does anyone else have anything to say on that? Does anyone say yeah, I, I kind of agree on that. I think it's, uh, as Sim mentioned, I think if, if it was a white man, you wouldn't have to get to that point. I think with the police nowadays, look for a reason to pick things out and escalate to a certain point. Um, I don't know if he was resisting arrest. I don't know um, exactly what led to him being handcuffed and sort of put on the floor like that. But um, I think judging by the video, there's no need for that. I think um, if it's a counterfeit note, it's simply um, a talking to, it's simply a warning. I don't see how that has to sort of get to a point where he's been held on the floor by multiple officers. And then on top of that, um, you know, a a kneecap into his neck. I don't see 
how that is justified at all, to be honest. Um, but I agree. I think it's because he's black. I think they're looking for reasons to to escalate the issue. Um, and I think obviously we'll get to it later on. But I just feel as if um, the scary thing there was was that the uh, officer didn't think he was doing anything wrong there, which is a scary thing. Um, but yeah, I think I, I agree. I don't think it was anything too harsh to sort of warrant that particular attack. So the question I ask to everybody here is, being all black men and having grown up in the hood and some of us have delivered ourselves from the evil of the hood into better places. And um, what is your experience in terms of stop and search? Have you ever been stopped and search? And have you ever been stopped and search to a level where you felt that, you know what, this is going to, they've, they've gone, they've done too much. They've gone too far. I mean, I, I've been stopped in search. I mean, needless to say, but how about yourselves? Yeah, I've been stopped in search. Um, the thing about it, though, this is, the, this is the thing. Because of the environment where you know you're black, you know, you, you know it's inevitable. You're going to get stopped in search eventually. So mentally, mm-hmm. you kind of already accept it. Think, okay, police are about, this might be the day that I get stopped in search. So thinking about it, the day that I got stopped in search, I don't necessarily think they went too far. But the reason for them stopping and searching me, I don't think they had a valid reason. I wasn't in a mm. group. I wasn't hooded up. I was by myself. They just stopped and searched me for no reason. Do you see what I mean? I think just because I'm black, I think. Had I been white and I was by myself and I was, you know, going along my business, would I have been, ser- would I have been stopped and searched? So at the time, obviously, I thought, okay, well, whatever. They... I knew I was innocent, so I was like, whatever. You know, I didn't really mind, I didn't really care. By myself, didn't have anything on me. It's like, okay, cool. They searched me one of my business, but... You know, thinking about it now, I think to myself, was it right? I don't think it was right. They didn't have a valid a valid reason to to stop me or search me. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Anyone else can share any experiences there? Yeah, I've, I've been stopped stopped and searched a few times, and I think on both occasions, it's it's the usual spiel of something's happened in the area. Um, you fit the description. So we just want to, yeah, honestly, that's what they've literally said. <laughs> true, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we just want to get some details. And, and, the, and the last time I stopped, and so it was a while ago, it was like 2012, 2013. I was in Bermondsey, I was with my cousin. Uh, so robberies happened in the area. Um, yeah, you guys fit the description. I was like, I, I'm an accountant. <laughs> Why would I need to rob anyone? Like, you know what I mean? Like, man's in a professional job, like, do your background research. But yeah, it's all the usual skill. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of nonsense, isn't it? Observe, I mean, like you, I'm because because of your name, I'm sure you maybe if you haven't had it happen to yourself, maybe you've observed it happening. You know, what I mean, any 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 light you can shed on that? Um, yeah, you know, the thing is, I haven't been stopped and searched before. I mean, yeah, police have stopped me for. Uh, I mem- well, I remember, you know, I was in a car with some people. And they stopped the car, and so we, we were a bit surprised. And we asked them, you know, why we've been stopped, and they said that the postcode, um, yeah, the postcode of the car uh, was registered in. Basically, we were in East London, and the postcode was like somewhere. Basically, I think we, yeah, we was in Hackney, and the postcode was Dagenham, so they said we're far from. Where were where the cars registered? <laughs> so they have stopped us. You know, this is a true story. So 
and they proceeded, I think, I think, I don't want to make things up, but I think they proceeded to, uh, they asked some questions about, you know, our names and stuff like that. <clears throat> I can't remember if they searched the vehicle, but I, I was, I was surprised, but I haven't, I haven't been searched. No, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, one does wonder why, you know, these things happen, you know, why, why that happened, you know, you, you, I guess I'll be, I'll be forever um, wondering, but you know, you just, yeah. And so that's interesting, you know what I mean? Like, uh, cars are supposed to move, right? So even if it is registered somewhere else, right, and it ends up on the other side of London, it's... it's, 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 it's I not- mean, that's the funny thing. We're still in London. You know, if, imagine, like, you know, we took the car to, you know, Leeds. Even then, I mean, yeah, I drove, I drove to Leeds. <laughs> you know, I thought I was allowed to do that. But I kid you not, that was the reason, um, you know, and yeah, it was bizarre, completely bizarre. Um, um, and um, one does wonder again. One does wonder, you know, what's the what's the real reason going on here? Because if that's the real reason, well, we've got some big questions to ask them. Yeah, we do. We surely do. And what would you guys say the way to compulse yourself if you are stopped? Because from time to time, or like what I usually see is like black people just get really aggressive because they feel really offended for being stopped in search, and then it spills over and boils into, you know, a situation similar to George Floyd. SRA 06, artificial intelligence. We need your thoughts on this, man. All right, yeah, so um, I I can pretty much guarantee most of us are going to say, like, the way to compose ourselves is to stay calm, is to find a way to politely let them know, etc. But the, the point becomes this, we shouldn't have to. We're not trained, right? We're not paid to be trained on how to deal with the police. They are paid and trained on how mm. to deal with the public, right? They are literally trained on how to de- de-escalate a situation involving members of the public that they are paid to protect, right? It's only with a particular race, i.e. the black people, that police even feel offended that they would get aggressive. Not only do they feel offended, they anticipate it, expect it, and capitalize on it. Because then it's, uh, you were... You were the aggressor, you were aggressive, you were resisting or stopping me from doing my job. No, I'm not, because you've been trained to de-escalate heightened situations. So it's not my job to stop you. For, uh, it's not my job to keep you calm. It's your job to keep me calm. So that's not for me to incite like people being rowdy with the police, but that's just me making a clear point that actually you are a paid public servant whose job it is to de-escalate heightened situations, first of all. Um, as far as how we deal with it, the truth of the matter is we already know the minute that a black person sees the police, there's a, um, a, a barrier, right? A distrust barrier that's instantly placed there. They know that, we know that. So for me, um, personally, I would carry myself in a way that allows myself to walk away from that situation, feeling like I respect myself all the more, irrespective of how that interaction went. But by respecting myself, that doesn't mean I cower. That doesn't mean I um, say, yes, sir, no, sir, okay, sir, thank you, sir. No, I won't do that either. Um, It just means that, you know what, I treated you as a human being, regardless of whether you treated me the same or not. Mm, That's a a serious statement, man. I I I like what you said. You know what I mean? Powerful stuff. Andrew, can you put some sprinkles on top of the cake? Yeah, man. Um, I think, you know, the thing about police is that they they see everyone as a criminal first rather than seeing, you know, uh, as, as, as 
us as human beings and we're up to you know innocent until proven guilty you know and the thing about it is that with especially with the black community you know like even mentally you know we already have that you know we've been through so much trauma in our past and especially like you know in our history and and um you know confrontation with police it's like even modern day even in the modern day era you know it doesn't make it any easier to uh have a good experience or positive experience or positive outlook when it comes to being confront, uh, confronting with police. Um, it's hard because it's like, it feels like, you know, even if police, no matter what you say or no matter what you do, you know, in their mind, you know, you're a criminal, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's, it's very like, um, it's very hard. And it feels like, to be honest, you know, when white people get stopped, or Caucasian people get stopped. It feels like they know all the right things to say to come in that situation. In fact, they know the law. They know everything, the right things to say. But, you know, even if it's a black guy, even if I do know law, you know, I still feel like it doesn't make much of a difference. You know, and um, I do think, obviously, you know, I feel like what needs to change is the problem with what's going on right now in the world and black people and police is that nothing is changing within the system. And until things change within the system, then I think that's when we'll have a real breakthrough between, you know, police and black people and, and police brutality. But, you know, they don't really want to change anything. So this is the reason why, you know, this situation is keep on, is keep on happening. Nothing changes. Mm, so would you guys say then that the law is, you would say, partially or in some way created to almost keep the black man in this cycle of police brutality? That's an open question, guys. I ain't going to point at anybody. I'll, I'll take that up. Um, for me personally, I, the whole inequality thing is a systemic thing, right? So even if the law wasn't intentionally created to keep, to keep a black person down, and I'm not even of the mindset of like, oh, you know, the man is trying to keep a black person down. Like, I don't really care for the law mm. in that sense. But let's just look at it from... Uh, accurate perspective that in a systemic way that this world was constructed with slavery and everything else colonialism and everything else that was involved in building the society that we now have systemically it was built to have black people laboring while while our white counterparts flourish from our labor so I agree with some of what Andrew said in the sense of until the law changes but what I disagree with is waiting not that Andrew said this, but just the implication that actually until the law changes, nothing else changes. No, until we change, nothing else changes. Until we actually capitalize on the fact that actually they need our economic contribution in order for their society to flourish. Until we change those structures, nothing's going to change. Until we say, this is how we're going to work with you. We won't negotiate with terrorists because that's what it is. It's terrorists mm-hmm. towards black people right? Mm. We don't negotiate with terrorists until we can be unified in saying that this is one movement. I know that black people are not a monolith, but still in the same vein, economically we can be. We can have various different opinions and stuff, but a pound doesn't change personality from one person to the next, right? So we can be economically a monolith, right? The problem is, if there is such a problem, the problem is that we're not unified in that front. And I understand that because if you have never had anything given to you and finally you now have a chance to have something, it's understandable that you'll be self-centered or selfish enough to say, you know what, I want to make sure that I'm good. So we always blame ourselves saying that, you know what, black people are all, always out there for themselves. We're never unified, etc. Black people have never had anything. And now in this era where black, some black people are starting to have something 
it's almost psychologically unfair to tell that one person that's starting to have something give it away share it with your brothers and sisters it's not going to work that way but until we do that unfortunately it will remain that's what it so i mean like so one key point you said there which i want to pick up on is that you said until nothing will change until we change right consistently when these things happen, we see um people marching and rioting personally i feel that that's like drawn out now you know what I mean? We've been marching for hundreds of years and so far we've been marching into more killings. You know what I mean? And then back we go to square one. What would you guys say the benefit, like why is it that our go-to thing? Why is that the first thing we think think blacks, we just go straight to marching and burning down? I think that's... Oh, sorry. I think the reason why that, you know, they do a lot of marching, a lot of it is to bring like awareness to like the issue. And as a result of that is to, um, you know, try and lead that to obviously bring an awareness and obviously try and lead it to get some sort of justice for like the killing or whatever. But the only problem is, is that we've been doing that for like for years now. You know, that's, we've done it from, you know, Martin Luther King, we, you know, and it has worked, it worked in that time. But I feel like now, I feel like our strategy needs to change. I feel like we need to try and come up with different ideas of how we can actually you know, make a, a difference now. Because, you know, if you look at in America and all these kind of, like, you know, killings and shootings that's going on, like, black people have become to the point now, like, they're tired. You know, they don't want to march no more. They don't want to, you know, protest no more. And now you're starting to see riots. Um, there's something to do riots. And when you look at the riots, you know, that is the voice of the unheard. You know, that that's what happens when people have had enough. Like, they... they um, at the point where, you know, they feel like they tried anything and nothing's working. So now we're at the stage of running. But um, I think we need to come up with also better strategies where we can actually uh, make some sort of change in, in this whole situation. And that's my take on it. So, I, I, I want to yeah. just say, I just want to put, put a question out there. Is, is rioting the voice of the unheard? Is it, you know, because, you know, I... I you know, I, I know we're talking about the situation in America right now, but you know, I remember, you know, uh, Mark Mark Duggan situation, you know, here in in the UK, in London, and you know, um, and I just, I, I, you know, I'm just gonna say, uh, Richard and and Francis, if I'm if I'm jumping the gun here, just slow me down, you know, but. Uh, you know, I, I, remember, I remember that happening and I'm just like, and I remember being in Tottenham at that time um, and seeing the riots firsthand. You know, in fact, in fact, actually didn't even know it was going to be a riot. There was just like, oh, you know, I think there was a police car on fire or something like that or getting vandalized and it was riots. And what, you know, what I saw, and I'm not talking about the media, all right? The media, they paint whatever picture they want to paint. I'm talking about mm-hmm. what I saw is, you know, people who had a strategy, who had a cause, uh, who, who initially, uh, you know, wanted answers. And then I saw a lot of what perhaps one may say opportunists, um, you know, people um, robbing, robbing people, um, looting shops. What, 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 I mean... I'm just saying, what voice is that? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just, yeah, I, I, I just feel like, yeah. Sorry, Observer. I think it's, uh, 
as you said, I think it's people sort of using it as an excuse, I guess. Um, but I think one thing in terms of a previous question that somebody mentioned about why do people riot and loot shops and stuff, I feel as if there's become a point of frustration and everyone's sort of um, frustrated and they're trying to get their point across. Whereas I think just talking and just voicing your opinion has, has not become enough now. So taking action has become people's kind of go-to method, whether it's right or wrong. But yeah, but this action is like... We do, okay, let's let's let's. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't okay, agree. I don't agree. I feel as if no, people should. I get you. People should. Yeah, because, yeah. I'm just like at, let's smash up our community because then we're gonna live in it tomorrow. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, think I, I think I think I think I think at that yeah, point, you know. people will look at us. Okay, cool. If if we can't get our point across to authorities and we can't get our points of view across to people who matter, then the best thing that we can do is, even if it's wrong, they'll probably say, okay, how do you affect the economy? That, mm, mean, mm, mm. that means affecting people's shops, people's livelihoods, mm-hmm. and by mm-hmm. that, government have to take action. But at that point, so that means they're then being forced to listen to the people. Because if we can't just sort of protest and hold up banners and stand outside police stations, if that doesn't do the message, then that means I'm going to go to innocent person shop who has nothing to do with this, by the way, affect their livelihoods, affect their income, and in that way, cost the government money. Yeah, but but look them. what look what happened. Yeah. Look, Look, look what happened. If you look at the London riots, those people who decided to take that course of action, and let's even say, mm. let's assume they were doing it to say, I want to affect the economy by affecting these shops. Yeah. What, did, what, did, what was the government's response? They just, well, I mean, they hunted all those people down and put them in jail. Yeah, because it's a crime. And looting shops I don't, is a I don't crime. think people even think that far. I really don't think so. I just think it's a case where, in the case of Mark Duggan, one of the boys got taken out for, you know, no reason, and they just had it. They was like, F the feds, we're getting revenge, and they just started going ham. Do you know what I mean? Kicking down doors, mm. burning things. And then it became a thing, bro, you know what? Police can't do nothing. That's right. Yeah, like, they felt powerful for once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then everyone was writing. And then people didn't know why they was writing. They just thought, okay, we're doing it because we can. They, I don't really yeah. think they had a reason to, yeah. you know, affect the economy or anything. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I think, as you said, people saw it as opportunities to score, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Havoc and, mm-hmm. and not really think about the main reasons why the process started okay. in the first place. I mean, okay. but I want to ask everyone a question. I mean, in terms of what can we do going forward to create a voice um, in the right way, does anyone have suggestions of how we can sort of construct, you know, a peaceful protest or do something that's going to perhaps get their attention, but do it in the right way? Yeah, can I, can I just interject, Richard? Yeah, I go, think go. Yeah. Th- that point around um, the rioting, yeah, we know that people are going to seek um, or use that as an opportunity to, to steal and blah, 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 blah. But the underlying thing is that people are angry, man. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes mm-hmm. when you're angry, when you're angry, you act irrationally. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like you're, you're, not, you're not thinking too far. You're like, listen, we're pissed off. We're, we're over this. Do you know what I mean? And we're going to do course. what we can to get attention. Mm. I, f- I feel like as well, man. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no, no go, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I feel like with this as well, man, it's like when black people go through all these things, it's like this expectations from like, obviously like, you know, Caucasian people or anyone that's not black, for us to just accept these things and be calm about it, not be angry, not be upset, be peaceful. How can we be peaceful when someone died? Like, you know, when our own people are dying, how are we supposed to come out and be fine with that? The thing about it, with, with, say, you know, white people, especially in America, they don't understand. You know, in America, black people march because that's all we know. We don't, we don't really have any political power. There's no economic power. There's no one up there to be like, that's it. You know, we're going to declare war. That's it. We're going to, you know, we ain't having it. So because no one in a powerful position is fighting for us, we have to fight for ourselves. And we just do what we can. So that's why they just march. They march. They 
burn down buildings. They're frustrated. They're angry. But mm. it doesn't really work. You know, and so I think do, white do you people, feel like... If it was, Sorry, sorry to distract you. Uh, do you feel as if maybe the leadership is the, one of the main reasons why we're not getting enough backing, would you say? Yeah, of course. Of course. The thing is, there's, there's many reasons, but prime example, yeah. So now it was flips. And say now, I don't know, it was, you know, that US cop killed someone from China or Russia or India. Do you really? Hmm. You know, they would act in the same way. They would be all in the news, you know, saying India's declared war, China's declared war. Do you know what I mean? The argument hmm. would be in parliament. It wouldn't be on the streets. If it was good, mm. if, if the people were rioting, the main emphasis wouldn't be on the streets. It would be in the House of Courts talking about what's going to happen next and how it was flying down, that was flying down. That's where they'd be fighting the battleground. But for us, what's happened? Is anyone even fighting in, in, in Parliament or fighting in do you know what I mean? political power? It's just the streets. Mm. Sure, people are marching, people are burning things down, but in a week from now, what's going to happen? Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's yeah. nothing for tomorrow. It's just today. Today, they're burning things down. Today, they're marching and I get it because no one's there's no one in that position to help us, you know, in America that is anyway. There's no one there. We've got Obama, Absolutely. but I don't I haven't heard from Obama. Like Francis said, <laughs> you know what he's doing? I haven't heard from Obama. You know what I mean? He's a do, prime do we candidate. have Obama? Do we have Obama? <laughs> well we're supposed to. We're supposed to. Do you know what I mean? We're supposed to. He's he's the prime candidate now. He's he's the one that's supposed to be interjection and be like this in Trump. Well, I've gone. Do you know what I mean? We're not having this injustice, but we don't have anyone to fight on their level. So these other nations don't understand. They're just like, oh, look at these hooligans. What are they doing? You know, they're, 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 they're you know, savages, they're ramaging, they're destroying the economy. economy. What are they doing? Do you know what I mean? They're, they're aggr- we're already seen as the aggressor. Do you know what I mean? And they just think we're just like wild animals. Do you know what I mean? Rampaging. Mm. That's all they see. So they're mm. like, what are we doing? They don't understand. If it was them, you really think, like, you know, if it was a white person, they would be ramaging like, through the streets, causing havoc. They wouldn't. Any other nation wouldn't be doing that. And if there was going doing that, it would be in a completely different way. It would be like war. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it's not hooliganism. It's war. We're coming to divide and conquer. Do you know what I mean? Mm, Russia mm, coming mm. down, divide and conquer China. Do you know what I mean? It's not going to be... And that's where it becomes a threat. And the government would be like, okay, okay, you know what? Let's talk it out. We're not going to take it to the streets yet. You know, it's going to be, you know, conversing between in the House of Parliaments and the governments and all of that. And the governments would be conversing. But, like... Where's, where's the conversion for us? We ain't had none of that yet. It's true. On that point, on that point, I love that point that Sim just made because, um, and I don't, I don't agree with the whole Obama reference because that is one man. But what I agree, one hundred percent agree. What we should really be saying is, where is Africa? Where are the islands? Why is the continent not saying, you know what? That's one of our children that you guys have just murdered. This is what we're gonna do because we all know Africa is powerless, and that's an entire continent. Right. Mm. So what, what one president has spoken up and said, hey, you know what, America, clean up your act. If you guys don't do X, Y, Z, then we're going to have to step in. What one time has Africa as a continent ever said, you know what, mm. you took our children, we're coming to take them back. What one time has Africa ever posed as a threat to the rest of the world? Never. So to look at one man like Obama, and I know that's not the intended uh, point that you were making, Sim, but mm. that's kind of like what we always defer to, to look at one mm. man and say, like, oh, Obama hasn't said anything. Meantime, Obama's been saying a bunch of stuff, right, mm. that we've all not necessarily cared for what he's had to say, because as long as he was black and was representing us, great. And as long as we can compare him to a leader like Trump and mm. say, well, Obama didn't do that, etc., great. But what I'm trying to say is, where, where are the islands? Where is the continent to kind of say, you know what, stop killing our damn is, children? Yeah. The thing is, the thing is, I completely agree with that, but the reason why I mentioned Obama it's because it happened in his, say, USA. He was once the president. 
So I'm not necessarily saying that, oh, we need to wait for one man to try and, you know, deliver America, because I know a lot of black people kind of felt that way when Obama became the president. It was like, yeah, you know, this black president is going to free us from the hand of the, the Americans, and that's not the case. He's one man. You can't do all of that. And he's not the black, just, he's not the American. It's just, he's not the president just for the blacks. He was the president for everyone in America, so you had to compensate for everyone. But I guess the reason why I say yeah. this is because where he was the previous president, where America seems a superpower, the islands of you know, and continents in Africa, they might feel a bit threatened or opposed, opposed to say something. Trump is a really radical man where you say one thing and he's talking about, you know, on Twitter about shooting people and the looting starts to shoot starts. So you have to kind of be wise with people like him who have power and are not afraid to throw it in your face to be like, what, what, what? Do you see what I mean? So I guess by Obama being, you know, once a previous president, in his country, him being, I guess, a representative of a black American, he could at least try and say something. And maybe when the other islands or other, you know, places see that, okay, Obama said something, at least let me say something. Do you know what I mean? I might get a bit more confidence. So it's not necessarily to say that yeah. the burden will be all on Obama, but I just kind of feel like if you're a president and you care for your people, you say something. I'm seeing all these black celebrities saying something. I'm seeing all these black people saying some, some, something. I haven't heard him say anything. So there's nothing to say that. Yeah, yeah. You could have called. I mean? Sorry to interrupt you, Sim. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Don't get cool, 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 I just have cool. to say, like, because even even when we're talking about the writing and people are like, oh, you know, mm. I know it's wrong. I I don't care if they're doing it for opportunistic ways. Like, I'm now at the stage where I actually condone the violence. I actually promote it. You know what? You want to go loot those shops? Go do it because that's the only time they pay attention. Yeah. There was a mm. nine hundred thousand. There was a nine hundred thousand signature signed for Dominic Cummings to resign. He's not resigning. So clearly, even when white issues petitions mm. don't work. The only time things work is when people's pockets are being affected. Let's say, for example, a million people decided we're going to stop paying our taxes until Dominic Cummings resigns. They're going to, he's going to resign. He's going to resign. If you're just going to petition, they don't care. So when black people start writing, yes, go do it. If, white, if black people start shooting, and you know what, I'm on camera saying this, and I know I have a job and all these things, but until white people, because they always use the excuse, they always use the excuse of, oh, I felt threatened for my life. I was scared for my life. You are a trained officer. How can you mm. be afraid of a 12-year-old, like the, the case in Tamir Rice's mm. situation, go shoot a 12-year-old kid? You are right. trained to do in situations. You carry a gun. That's a little boy. So if you are afraid for your life, let's really give them a reason to be afraid for life. Let black what people is- run up in white houses and start shooting people, and then we can have, let's have civil unrest. Because until we can clear the decks and say, you know what, we've gone back to the dark ages, we're barbaric, and we need to set up new laws that equates for every single person. Because the old laws only equated for us, the white man, not even the white woman. But we're going to talk about white women tears that have killed so many black people too, right? But mm. until there's complete unrest and savagery like they treat us like savages anyway until there's complete savagery and so people say you know what this is not working we have to negotiate with this particular race and deal with them accordingly germany apologized to the jewish people right said you know what what we did was wrong what our ancestors did was wrong when has the u.s ever apologized to black people the the point i'm just trying to make as i calm myself down a little bit is just this like our expectation as well as society's expectation is if you guys have an issue politely in the moral way uh, let's talk about it 
even if we mistreat you, even if we do the most obscene, inhumane things to you guys. Um, so when you kneel, right, when you kneel to, to, to uh, what's it, protest police brutality, we're going to call you sons of bitches. We're going to take away your job. And this is when you're doing it peacefully. Say, okay, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. So either way, there's no winning, right? Whether you present a, Ma a Martin Luther King, peaceful, shoot him. Malcolm X, extremist, shoot him too. So all of this stuff, like where we're judging ourselves, saying, oh, well, I know it's not right, and they shouldn't have stole this, they shouldn't have taken this, they'll be opportunistic. I don't care if they're being opportunistic. They are downtrodden, they are broken, they are angry, they are frustrated. And until people actually care about what they have to say from the point of view of, oh, we're going to stop you from doing something that affects us to actually, we're going to ask you, what do you want and how can we give it to you, right? So even if we look at the whole marching, where we started talking, this whole conversation was about marching. The only reason it stopped is because the, the economy was crashing because they weren't using buses, they were walking, they were car sharing, etc. So the only mistake we made back then we that our American cousins, the only mistake they made was they didn't create enough infrastructure to continue that business uh, going forward because they literally showed America we need black people to participate in our economy in order for this economy to work, etc. So black people started, you know, uh, relying on their own self-made businesses in order for their communities to thrive similar to another community the jewish community but soon as um seg segregation was ended we ran right back to where it all began which is the master which is us trying to have white approval in order for us to come up in this world right so then when we're talking about oh yeah they need to do it in the right way they need to be peaceful about it etc and all of this all of this it's like for me it's like okay so you're telling me, and I, and I really do believe Christianity has done a number on a lot of us about this whole turn the other cheek stuff, because that's what the predominant culture is for black people, which is faith and so on and so on. And it's the turn the other cheek um, theology or philosophy on life, right? Um, that won't work in my opinion at all, because until economically and military wise, we're actually in a position of power nothing's going to change. And I'm not expecting a white person to give that to us. I'm expecting us from the inside out to come up with that. So if we're going to be here talking about, yeah, we need to, like, look, white people petition too, and they don't get their petitions heard either. So it's not that. Why is it that the Jewish community, as isolated as they are, they always thrive no matter what area they are put into? How, how do we make sense of that? How do we make sense of that? South Africa, the white areas are rich. The, poor, the black areas is the poor areas. How, does, how do we make sense of that? Zimbabwe, same thing. Yeah, can, can I interject? Um, so, no, no, I think you wanted to say something, actually. So, you go ahead. Observer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who that is. I know Observer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, go, you, go, you go ahead. I was I was gonna say yeah. Um, so two things come to mind for me, yeah, which is the first thing is a social justice issue, which is obviously prevalent in the states, but I think obviously worldwide it's still an issue for Black people, and it's how do we kind of get social justice, and then the second thing is economic prosperity. How do we get economic prosperity? I think the first thing with social social justice, and again this is just my opinion. I feel like we're gonna need someone at a high level to pass a law to say, listen, if whatever happened to George Floyd or um, Ahmad Arbery, all these people happen, death penalty or 30 years in jail, blah, 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 blah. The, 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 just, the justice system needs to pass laws 
to, to, to stop all the things that we're seeing. But how do we get there? I think uh, uh, some of the things that we're talking about now around kind of hitting the, the, the kind of the, the, the pockets of, of Americans is like, okay, what's the in today's age of like stop stopping taking a lot? You know I mean, what's the equivalent of that? We need to figure that out. So I think with the social justice field, just to summarize for me, I feel like, yep, we need some laws to be passed, right? You can no longer get away with just murdering black people like that. I think the second thing with economic prosperity, that, that's a little, bit, a little bit more complicated. And there's a number of kind of ideas and things that we all discuss amongst ourselves that um, we can kind of talk to to that point here, I guess. I'm pointing out my hand because I know I'm monopolizing the conversation, yeah? But again, um, that that whole point there about we need laws to be passed on, BS, yeah. because God passed laws too. People still murder, people still kill, all right? And that's God who made laws for mm. human beings. And we don't follow mm. those laws. So what's one man going to tell me, oh, now it's against the law to be racist. So? So? What are you talking about? There are many laws. There are many, many laws. We don't follow them. So no, it's not going to take laws. Laws don't do nothing. They're just f- things that are written down on paper. The law, the, the right. law will be a, de- the law will be a determinant. I, I, law- I slightly disagree. I slightly disagree. Okay, okay. The law will be a determinant. For me, for me, if I'm a police officer now, and I know, yeah, that I will, I will face, um, what's the word, justice, or whatever the word is, yeah, for what appears to be um, unlawfully killing a black man, and I'm going to face a death penalty, that's going to be a determinant. It's not going to stop people from doing it, obviously, it's not going to stop all cases, but it's going to, I feel, radically reduce it because it's now a deterrent. That's what the law is there for. The law is a deterrent. Not, not necessarily, because you it just said it, right? What appears to be, what appears to be the killing of a black man, which means I need to take you to court and I need to prove the intent of your heart that you went into the situation wanting to kill a black person. I have to prove that, which is near impossible to prove, and that's why even this guy that's been charged, he had to be charged on third degree murder right um and manslaughter because it's impossible to prove that he went there with the intent to actually kill a black person so that's six months to a year if not two years of court cases right where every single day becomes a lot harder for me to prove that this man went into this situation with the intent of killing a black person plus i need to prove that he was racist as to why he did it in order for that law to work how does that affect me it doesn't Two years later, you guys are trying to figure out why this waste of white man killed me. And meanwhile, the police... No, it doesn't work. But the, thing is, the, thing, the, thing, the, thing, the, thing, the thing with law, at the end of the day, you can have the most like severe laws and it's not going to work because people are going to do what they want to do anyway. But at the end of the day, you're still going to have to have some sort of guideline or some sort of penalty in place so that people think twice, like oh, my, my guy said, it's, it's a deterrent. I guess with America... The biggest problem is that the fact that their president is obviously a white supremacist, all of the upper-ups are probably white supremacists as well. It gives these people power to think, you know what, even if there is the death penalty of 30 years, I will find a loophole in the law because these people are backing me. So that's the only kind of, you know, that's the only bad thing with the law, basically. You can have the, a good law that protects us, but if the people who created the law are finding loopholes and probably ensure that, you know, that, Whoever the officer that that's um, violated the law is not basically um, it's not going to get the, the harshest penalty, and it still gives some kind of confidence. So it's 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 just a catch twenty two sort of thing. I, think I believe it has to be Sorry, Sim. I think um, obviously we've had a lot of debate about you know 
what it's going to take. And if you've just all mm. had a debate about laws and stuff, if that's not going to work, because unfortunately, this situation we've seen, it's, it's not the first time it's happened and it probably won't be the last time it happens. Mm-hmm. If we can't have laws, what's the, what's the first step? What are we going to do to ensure that, that this doesn't happen again? If we can't get laws from above, then how do we get officers like you guys have said to sort of, sort of not be racist and not target black people? What's the first step? thing is it's, it's oh man it's so deep because america and uk is still different so the what the black person in america faces is different to what we would face similar but it's different um also the motherlands have to be i believe it all starts with the motherlands at the end of the day you know if like my, my uh, guy sra <laughs> <S-R-A-O-6. laughs> some cold boy yeah like my guy said do you know what I mean? Technically, it should be, you know, the motherlands and the islands that are coming down and saying, well, go on, you know what I mean? You violated our people. But because the motherlands need help themselves, it, it, it's just, it's deep. Do you know what I mean? Because so do, do you believe the aid that they're getting is preventing them from speaking up? Of course. Of course. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Because these people, these people, these people are thinking about themselves a lot of the times and think about today. But they get a foreign investor, they get China that will come in and invest in, you know, Caribbean or whatever, you get, you know what I mean, it's foreign investors that invest in, you know, these, these, these islands and countries and they don't care. And they're selling out their country to a white man, basically. So we really don't have no economic power or status. And mentally, it's like we're kind of surrendering our right, you know, to, to the white man. We're like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So it's kind of like, how could you go against someone when you've really kind of given them what you have? You see what I mean? Yeah. Well, if we kept yeah. everything, if the motherlands were caught and, and you know, in one accord, if their people suffered abroad, naturally you'd think, no, that's my people, so I'm going to go help them. But if you're really kind of giving away your power, giving away your land, giving away your right, your authority, what power do you have to then be like, no, my, so you, my so I think, out there I think it, it in kind America of trans- suffering? Yeah, I think it kind of translates. As you guys have mentioned, I think if you know, the motherlands don't really come together yeah, yeah. and sort it of... Starts fight, them, it starts with them. It translates to everybody else who all scatter around different parts of the world and there's almost a loggerheads there because they obviously see it as we're getting aid, so we shouldn't have to speak up. Whereas we've seen we've got a, a right here to live in a free way, but mm. that's not been the case for so many years, not just America, but also in the UK. And I think you guys have mentioned as well that there is racism in the UK, but it's just it's just a bit different. It's just it's probably not as aggressive mm. as it is in the US. It's a bit more underlying. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, guys, I mean, just a second, just a second before we, before we go on. You okay. always talk about the motherland. Right, mm. but my experience of going to the motherland tells me that they see me as the white man, as black as I am. You know what I'm saying? It's so, the mindset. It's the mindset, man. This is it. You know what I mean? So, like, we keep saying, oh, if if we if we can get them to unite, this and whatever, man. But we are the ops to them. When they mm-hmm. see us, I mean, I remember, like, I was I was telling someone the other day. I went to a national park. Right, when I got to the national park, they have they have like four different types of pricing, right? Students, then they've got foreigners, and then they've got people which are, um, I guess, Ghanaian. I'm like, well, I take the Ghanaian box because that's what I am. But you want to charge me the foreigner's fee. I'm not a foreigner. I'm coming back home. And guess what? It was the year of return and everything, but they still wanted to charge me the price as a foreigner. You know what I'm saying? So... They don't see us. When they see the killings happening out there, they're not looking at like that's one of our sons or whatever because they see you as the white man. Anyway, 
So, so, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I I, I agree with that views from the end. But um, it's also worth noting for me, like, yes, if you come from a place where you have benefited off of white privilege, i.e. the white system, and you have money, I should charge you for that white privilege. It doesn't mean that I don't necessarily see you as a Ghanaian black person, but I see you as a Ghanaian black person that is saturated with white privilege, i.e. you've benefited off capitalism and all these different things that keep the very country that you're now coming back to with your Western money, right, to, 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 to spend on. But you, that, you know, you'll say, oh, you want me to see, that you want them to see you as the same, but you're not willing to pay for it. You're not willing to pay for it. What do you mean you're Ghanaian? No, you're, you're, you're British. You're from the UK. You have British money. So you should invest in Ghana, in Ghana with that British money of yours. It doesn't matter that your heritage is, is Ghanaian. You are British and you have British money. Therefore, Ghana deserves to tax you for that money. Simple as. I don't, I don't and, even think people think... Sorry, go on, go on, finish. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, and to answer Rich's question earlier about what, what's the first step, listen, let's, let's stop being like acting like, um, oh, you know, let's change the laws. It's like minor stuff. Segregation. <laughs> segregation. So, complete so, segregation. So you, black people yeah. decide. Yeah. Yeah. My question, the same thing I threw to Francis as well. Feel free to, to jump in. My question is, yeah, what happens when it's mixed race people? Because this is where it gets really messy. So would you say they go on a black side? Would you say they go on a white side? And then mix can be anything. It doesn't have to be black and white. It can be black and Chinese. It can be black and Indian. You know, you could be have a thing where three quarters black and, you know, I don't know, one quarter white or something. You'd have a thing where it's vice versa, where they're one quarter white and, I mean, three quarters white and one quarter black. And then, like, where's the cutoff point? Is it, you know, do, do we go by skin tone? Like, no, no, you're not dark enough, oh. you don't meet the cut. Or, you know, you look more, you look more white or black. So this is where it becomes really, really messy. Well, what happens with that? scientifically for me scientifically Sorry, one, last thing, one, one last thing as well because Obama prime example yeah. would you say that he yeah. was black or would you say he wasn't black do you, do you know what I mean does he get cut off to be like nah okay you know he, he, he's over with Trump <laughs> you know uh, oh, oh. I, I'm just going to give you the scientific point of view right just scientifically <laughs> if you're a girl if you're a mixed race girl and you have a big bum you're black if you got a flat bum, you're white. So we're going by that. That's how we're going by. Obama can play basketball, so he's black. Do you know what I mean? He can dance, he plays basketball, blackness all the way through. I don't know about the other stuff. Do you know what I mean? The thing is, I think at the end of the day, like you said, with science anyway, the black gene is dominant. So at the end of the day, do you know I, I classify it as black. Obviously, it just gets messy because you, you could be, you know, 10% black and they're like, yeah, I'm black. And you're like, well, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You might say you're not black, but it just gets messy. I, I, I agree with you, though, you know, the whole segregation. I believe it should be a case of where we just kind of cut off the world. We do our thing, focus on us. Just like how the, the, the Jews, do you know what I mean? They're in their own bubble, their own bubble. And I feel like that's what we need to do. We need to be in our own bubble to cut everything else off, depending on myself. What was that? No, it's fair to cut you. Like, you know when you said the Jews, right, they're in their own bubble, right? Yeah. So I was out in Stanford Hill, like, the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, you know, them guys don't have parking permits out there. Like, yeah. you can park your car in Stanford Hill for free. 
And bearing in mind, like the rest of, I think they're in ha- Stafford Hills, Borough of Hackney, right? So mm. the rest of Hackney has parking permits and even U-Lens charges. Some parts have congestion mm. charge and all of that. But Stamford Hill, it's open season for the community of the Jewish people that live there. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, they control the area. I was they like, control the amazing. Area. Like, yeah. You know, half of the buildings, they, half of the buildings, they're owned by Jews as well. Literally, they've got a lot of investment. I used to work in Stanford Hill as well. So it's like a lot of the investment and buildings, you would never know, but it's Jewish owned. Literally, it's crazy. Proper crazy. But my prime example is, oh, you know, they're doing their own thing. Do you think they care about Brexit or all these other stuff? They're not even bothered. I mean, they probably never watched the news. They've got their own news that they watch, <laughs> their own channels that they, yeah. you know, their own sport, their own stuff. Do you know what I mean? They're their own bubble. And I believe that's how we need to, you know, we need to get to that stage. But I don't think it can necessarily start here in UK or US, I believe I have to start back home, you know, but I think that, it's, it's a mindset, people are back home have, uh, they're conditioned already they're conditioned with a certain mindset that's, that's going to, you know, it's going to be very hard for them to for them to want to do that, you know because right now they think the western way is the way forward if I can, oh, if I can just, you know, leave my land and go to the you know, the foreign that white job, you know, that western job I mean, the mindset's already messed up for a lot, yeah. a lot of that. Andrew, I think you want to say something. Sorry. Yeah, um, thanks, man. But when you look at like, even the Jewish people, even after like, the whole world war, they've got their reparations. And then you look at, you know, they've got their settlement and that sort of stuff. And it was something similar about, you know, like Stafford Hill, you know, full of Jewish people. A lot of the businesses there are owned by like Jewish people and all that sort of stuff. And um, they're very like secluded from like, our society. Um, even from like uh, even in permission uh, places of government, they even have people like there to represent them. Even to the point where any time there's any um, any anti um, anything uh, even in the government where they yeah where they speak against you know Jewish people you know they got people there to represent them. So like the Jewish nation they they're not represented man in not even just in the UK but other countries where they settled in and like you know. Um, they, were, they were represented, and um, from the Holocaust and that sort of stuff. Us black people, you know, you know, we need our reparations, man. We need the same thing, but you know, there's so much like, you know, we're not, we're not, man. Why won't they give it to right. the blacks? Why won't they? I mean, they don't. Can I, can I just but, say something? Uh, well, yeah, I just want to say like, and and you know, you guys can chip in here, but like, obviously, you got. Is, we, we we do this, you know, black, and then we look at the Jews. But, you know, there's this kind of, like, Jews is not a colour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you're talking about black, say, you, you know, you're saying whites, and, you know, it's a different it's a different thing, you know what I'm saying? Because if you're talking about colours, you're talking about a group of, a subset of specific people who are white, <laughs> you know, but they, they ain't, like, British white. You know, so we just got to look it, I, I just want to say... Unpack that, you know. One hundred percent. I don't know enough about it to unpack it. I think <laughs> maybe one of you guys is better off unpacking that one. But uh, I, think, I think one way to look yeah. at it though is that is that the Come. Jews were a group a group of people that have been historically marginalised, um, mm-hmm. and then now we're talking about yeah they've got their reparations, but then if, even if, even they continue to be marginalised for whatever reason people don't like Jewish people, right? We, and obviously those of us that are religious, like we, we know some of the reasons why, but 
they have found a way of still becoming economically prosperous, even as a group of people that are marginalised, that are not liked, etc., etc. And I think that's why people kind of compare, I guess, black people to kind of Jewish people in the sense of we're also a group that have been marginalised. They don't like us for whatever reason. Do you know what I mean? How do we get some economic prosperity the same way our Jewish brothers have got economic prosperity? Wherever they are in the world, they seem to prosper, right? And I know, again, we can talk about religious reasons and stuff, but I think there's also practical reasons that we can draw and, and learn from them. So I think that's why we, we kind of talk about Jewish people when we talk about black people. Um, just on your point, Andrew, I have to agree, agree with you where you said they're well represented. I remember um, back in the day when I used to work in Stafford Hill and I used to be a postman. And so I'm driving now and I get hit by a Jewish driver. So he hits the work van. So me and my work man, um, workmate, we come out of the car and we're like, what, what, what are you doing? Out of nowhere, I kid you not, I think it was about 30 Jews came out of their houses. It was like, oh, you know, intervening. And it's like, yeah, it's your fault, it's your fault. We saw you, we saw you, we saw you. It was just like, rah, like this is this is a madness, you know. This 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 was like, can you imagine we went to court? <laughs> it's like, like there, there wasn't even there, they didn't even see nothing, but straight away, one of the brothers were in trouble. And out of nowhere, all the doors opened up and everyone just came out. And it was like ready. I mean, they were, they were just proper ready. It was, it was just like, this is this is a madness. It was like, you know, there's two of us and about 30 of them. I'm like, I'm pretty sure we still hack them in or take them, but so, you know, it's, so, it's just so a- I guess my question, my question is then I, I feel like what I'm hearing from what you're saying is mm-hmm. that sense of community, you know, that we exactly. need to exactly. build exactly. amongst our, ourselves. Exactly. So then exactly. my question is, you know, do do we have any any practical steps that we can take to no, not to don't don't think about black people as a as a whole just yet, you know, across if don't even like just in our local areas, can we build those communities successfully, get the economic prosperity that we need, you know, so that we can have some weight in the in the system that and the world that we're in today? I think if you're asking if it's possible. I think we have examples. So I think, I think the Nation of Islam, Louis Farrakhan and, and them guys there, they did a fantastic job in, in the 60s, 70s and 80s of, of organising black people, getting them to think right and getting them to actually act. But they, own, they, they continue to own businesses and shops and wherever they are, they, they, they have influence and, they, and they've helped contribute to the, to the economic prosperity of African-Americans. I think using that as an, as an example, I think it definitely is possible. It's going to take a lot of organisation though, because again, I don't know where you start, right? <laughs> there's, there's so many of us everywhere. If you talk about the UK, if you talk about the, the, the States, the Caribbean, Africa, whatever, I don't know where you start, but we have to start somewhere, right? Exactly. Um, someone someone or, or a group of people need to do the job of organising us, right? To, to kind of make a start or continue what people are, are like the Nation of Islam have done. It, 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 it's, it's a mammoth task. I feel like we need gentrification that's implemented by black people for black people. So if you're talking about where to start, black people don't have a Stanford Hill. So, you know, one of us can say, oh, like Stanford Hill, and instantly we know, okay, he's talking about the Jews in their Jewish area, etc. Where's the area where the affluent black people reside? You know, where? Maybe one place where you're like, you know what? There's like 200 black people that live there next door to each other, door to door. One place, none. Right, um, and then we'll complain. Where's that? that as well? So, Border Water Farm. <laughs> Border Water Farm. <laughs> 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 
god. Nah, but like, okay, let's use farm as an example, right? Um, because metaphorically as well, it's a farm. So let's grow, let's plant those seeds and let's grow it, right? You got people that you know flood the community with whatever to enrich themselves in an illegal manner right and then they'll complain if the you know government come in with gentrification and kind of invest in the community because the white people move in the black people move out etc right but what if black people were the ones gentrifying those communities themselves reinvesting in those communities themselves um rebuilding those communities themselves etc why is it that we assume Anytime an area is nice, anytime a house is nice, it doesn't belong to black people. You can only, you only have to look at South Africa, like literally people living in huts, right? And then like literally a line away is like these beautiful homes and beautiful houses. And guaranteed there's like 0.0.1% black people that occupy those homes. And there's 0%, 0% white people that live in those huts. Not one white person in South Africa. How is that possible? other than the psyche of black people has this expectation that I don't deserve nice things. I shouldn't have nice things. I and mean, where do we learn that from? To, black people do not have to it all up for themselves. I mean, it just seems that way, you know. Um, so say that again, Francis. I, I just think like, like uh, SRAO6 said that it's in the psyche. So in your mind, you're just thinking, I'm going to mess this up eventually. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that that's my mindset, but I think that is probably the mindset of, you know, some of the others we we do see out there. Um, the, the, other, the other mindset, bro, is, is white savior mentality, bro. We're always waiting for someone to save us. Well, when, and that's the bottom line. When, the, when the, the picture of Jesus they give you is white, I mean, and what's, what's that? I'm, just, I'm just saying. <laughs> Like when, when, <laughs> your savior is white, you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I've heard, I've, <laughs> I've heard this <laughs> argument before, you know, uh, about the, you know, the pictures create, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, subconscious, it does. you know, uh, you know, yeah, you know, and um, you know, don't watch face. That's what I'm saying. Just, be, you know, you need a savior. But don't watch, don't watch face. Um, and actually, um, you go to different parts of the world, if I'm not mistaken, and then you know they have they have different depictions of, of Jesus anyway. So, you know, it's about what he did, um, and I think that that should hold more weight. But what I want to say is, with the with the Jews, you see, since he's kind of taking it on this religious tact, is uh, with, with with the Jews, obviously, they one of the things that commonly bind them is God, you know, and their belief to the laws uh old, old testament laws that they that they hold and and stuff that they do i'm not going to uh, pretend i'm an expert on their on, on jewish communities but what would you say is um you know something that can bind black people to a common cause i mean beyond c- clearly correct me if i'm wrong well actually okay no you know with regards to the the suffering that black people are going through in the world it's it's bringing people together you know, it's bringing people together, but I'm just saying, like, I think some of these issues are, men- it's a mentality that we have, because you're talking about Broadwater Farm. Broadwater Farm, you know, everyone's, everyone's probably think, you know, black people typically, I, I don't want to say black, I won't say black people, I'll, I'll say some black people, because I don't know all black people on this planet. Some black people, you know, it's like, I get, I get mine, and I'm willing to invest in this thing, but Kofi, he ain't willing to pull his share, so I'm not trying to put my money in because Kofi ain't trying to put his money in, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you know he's just trying to get a free ride. And that's how that's how it be. It's like 
I, you know, so there's a mindset there. You know, there's yeah. a mindset. I'm trying to say, how do we change that? Because we're we talking about something that has been in place for hundreds of years. You know, so how do we now begin to move away from that and do for ourselves what we are saying we cannot find from others? We've got to start at trust. Yeah, I mean, mm. because yeah. I, I, I legitimately think that amongst ourselves, so, I mean, if you hear what someone could even say about their own mother, brother, or sister, you know what I'm saying, then there is truly no hope, you know what I mean, for, you know, the, the black man next door, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I think, like, over the years, you know, black people just have had many, many different types of trust issues within the black community, which then doesn't allow us to invest in one another, whether it's time, you know what I mean? Whether it's just um, being there as a father or a mother, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, schooling, education, and all this other stuff, it all starts with trust. Because if we say we're going to build a school now, and we've all got to pull out 10 bands, and we say, okay, yeah, because Anthony and Simeon, they're the accountants, let, let's give the money to them, man. Immediately in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, the next, if, if I see that Anthony or Simeon are going on holiday, they've used that money we've given them for the school to be on holiday. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to mm. say, I, I, I see, that's what I'm saying. And I just, I just want to say on a side note, there's, there's nobody in this chat called Anthony or Simeon. Oh yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, I just want to put that out there. And, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> so you must be referring to a previous conversation. But um, yeah, but, but basically, I just want to say, um, that's the problem. That's the problem. You know, because we, you, you know, trust is a key thing. We don't trust. And I say, also I say some, I'm going to keep saying some, because I don't know every black person. Some black people don't trust. That if, if I give you this money for this cause, that you're going to follow through on that. You know, so we, we, there's a mentality issue that needs to be broken down before, well, well, before why I is that even so, Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Why, is, why is that there? Why is the trust? Because I know we've mentioned examples of how we've seen you know, black people who, who have had successful businesses and they've gone on to do really good things. So it can be done. That's the thing. It can be done. And the mentality comes into it again. I'm going to check you on that, Richard. You say we've seen black people go on to do successful business or whatever with the help of the white man. You know what I mean? Or somehow they found their way and they got there by themselves. We're talking about having it done as a community and having it done with one another. That's something Mm. we have not seen. You know what I mean? Mm. There's always been the token white man or white woman from somewhere who's able to give you a, a, a connection, give you yeah. some money or whatever. You know what I mean? SRA 06, artificial intelligence, step in. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I agree with everything that's been said um, up to a degree. So the one thing, one of the kind of distinctions we need to make is this. Um, there are poor white people, you know, like literally mm. degraded, degraded, like, you know, white trash. Because white white people, um, they do it for themselves too. This isn't a, a unique thing to uh, black people. But what I've noticed just through this conversation is, when we want to do something for the community, we we expect every black person involved to participate. 
right? So it's like, well, I'm not going to put money in if, you know, Kofi's not going to put money in. If I'm putting 10 bags, then he needs to put 10 bags as well because otherwise I'm not doing it. My thing is this, if you've got the means as a black person, just do it for your community, even if nobody thanks exactly. you, even if they exactly. skip the face, just do it for your community because you have the means. Because white people do that for each other, um, it, even if they don't mean to, they do it for each other all the time. When Trump is bring, building up his Trump uh, towers, etc., he knows it's going to be rich fellow people like him who probably happen to be white anyway, right? So you're going to have the few odd people like a Jay-Z that might buy an apartment, etc., because they can't deny him because he has the money. They might not be happy he's there. Wasn't it? Who was it? One of those, like, it wasn't Ralph Lauren, but one of those type of big... Um, brands that said like oh i don't like what black people wearing my clothes etc and then another person said oh crystal also said uh, I, don't, I don't like women. louis vuitton uh, louis vuitton exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so, so the point i'm making is even then they can be racist but because you're buying it they're not going to stop you from buying it do you know what I mean? They might not like you, but they're going to still trade with you. But all I'm saying is, if, uh, you know, I don't know, what Ashley Cole is like, oh, I'm about to do something for the community, he shouldn't turn around and say, oh, yeah, but you man back me too. I'm, I'm about to put 100 bags in it, so I'm just going to wait till every man backs it, and then we're going to do it. No, hmm. Ashley, do it yourself. You've got the money. I don't have that money. Do you know what I mean? Do it for your community, and don't expect nothing back, because that's hmm. how the white people move when they want to. Um, but we expect, like, nah, if I see, you know, observers now driving a Bentley and two twos now, I knew I put 100K into this thing. Nah, 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 something's wrong. He might have that Bentley from another time, you know, or he was smart enough to take your money and you're, you're the idiot that gave him the money. <laughs> Tell observer, show me what you're going to do first. <laughs> Tell him that before you give him the money. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel like that trust thing, where we're like so distrusting of each other and we're like, I'm not going to move until you move. Cool. So I was going to say, so again, for me, it's two things that we're discussing here, right? It's social justice, I mean, particularly for for African-Americans, but then obviously more broadly for for Black people in general. And then the second thing is economic prosperity, yeah? So I think for the social justice side, it sounds like what we're saying is, you know what? No law is going to be passed that's going to at least lessen the issues or whatever we think it's just segregation right that's going to obviously give us what we need the peace of mind or whatever i think what i want to ask everyone now is from an economic prosperity perspective and this is going to, the answer is going to be different depending on where you are in the world but what are the mm-hmm. practical things that we need as black people to to really make a drive and push to, to become more economic economically prospective uh prosperity uh, what's the whatever the word is and i guess maybe let's 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 yeah, let's let's talk about it. I guess for the for the UK, and let's talk about for the for the African Americans as well. So I, I want to throw that out there. So what what are the two or three things, practical things that we need to help us become more economically prosperous? I want to I want to chip in there and say, I think to, uh, I think a part of answering that question and just a part of it is, um, you know, we have to explore d- different generations. You know, people say that you know, we're in a microwave uh, generation, microwave, you know, situation where people want things now, right? And it's, you know, we see a lot of um, young kids today, they just want things now, right? So they resort to other other means to get that. So I think it's about knowing that, you know, you want something that's fully cooked, not half baked. So I think, I think that's, a, that's a, and I think, so, so what I'm trying to say is com- committing to 
to get an education to, to the process of that you know to that process and 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 seeing what comes at the end however i'm not necessarily saying get the education go work for somebody else's business i'm saying get that education and make your own thing you know what i'm saying which is illegal and and i think i think the answer leads to more entrepreneurs more businesses more of us employing us and you know and and and, and um you know and, and i think that will that will help you know what i'm saying because um you know typically typically i suppose actually i'll leave it there unless i'll come in <laughs> I'll carry on carry on i fully i fully agree though. i think it's three things i think it's mindset environment and education i think a lot of us were not necessarily taught to believe in yourself and start a business and I guess um, if we don't have the education behind it or the mindset behind it, all we know is to, okay, I will study hard, I'll get a great education and I'll go work for someone else. And that's it. And I made my paper as a you know, lawyer or an accountant or a good profession. And, you know, that's the real and end all. That's all it, you know, that's all what basically happens. But the money is not staying within the community. It's consistent outside of the community. So I think the main thing, I, th- I would say the first step is probably mentality. You know, a lot of us have the wrong mentality we're consistently asking for help or waiting to be rescued we consistently want to be accepted by you know the white man and we kind of don't acknowledge our own our own self prime example is um you either have you either start with the mentality of of, i can never have a business i'm going to work for someone or you kind of break out of that bubble you'll start your own business, you'll open your own shop or whatever. Now, when you want people to support your business, a lot of black people don't want to support it. You know, they, they'll, they'll rather go elsewhere to support someone else's business than your business. And this is where the mentality comes in again. It's because they're not supporting them, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the price too high. I'm about to say the same thing. The price too high. You know, some, some so what people... So the price yeah, is high? Yeah. You go elsewhere and pay more. No, 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 I don't, I don't think so, I don't think so, if you, know, if you have the, a lot of times if, people come in and think, oh yeah, 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 you're black, give me a discount, straight away, nah, you nah, nah, I, don't, I, disagree with that. I disagree with that, <laughs> oh, I disagree with that, no, 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 would you, it's would, true, would you no, go no. somewhere else, nah, nah, it's true, it's true, straight it's not about the discount, there's a fair market price, we are based upon supply and demand, that we're supposed to pay for this product and service, we all inflated that price, you know what I'm saying, so I can go to somewhere else, like let me give you an example, lot of have a, a lot of you have, have uh, you know, um, some of you have a mom or have a sister, have a girlfriend, have a wife, have a whatever. You know what I'm saying? A you know the struggle about hair. You know the struggle. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, you go, you go to, you go to, um, so you know, you got Tony and Guy. You know, and uh, you know, they they might even be charging a lesser price for 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 their services than what this person is paying. And it's like everybody everybody's saying it's eighty quid for this thing, but you want to come with one ten. Okay, well, I'm gonna take my 80 quid and go to that other person who's charging 80 quid because I don't have 110. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, you want a premium clientele. You don't want me. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you're trying that's to hate me, no, 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 no. Do you know? So observer, do you know why they're charging 110? Observer, they're charging 110 because they know they're not gonna get white customers. They only get black customers. They need to put the premium on top so they can live. That's why. Nah, 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 look, look, I didn't say. I didn't say that you should be. I didn't say that. Look, my, my, my thing, I get what you're saying, yeah, but I just think it's wrong, isn't it? Like, if you're just charging us, if you're, if you're doing a business, look, do the business. I like yeah, that you're in the business. I think it's great. I want to come and spend my money with you. I want to help you, you know what I'm saying, by, by letting you do it. You might not even be the best, but I, I will come there 
because I want to support what types. you're doing. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Types. But then you want to charge 110, okay? Then the you thing don't is, the have thing is, me. The thing is we need to understand as well is you're not necessarily thinking, okay, I'm giving them my money. You're supporting the, you're supporting the community. So this is where, if they're charging, no, if they're charging no. more, this is where you can be like, okay, since you're charging more, listen, I want to support your business. Here, uh, I, I respect the, the, the hustle. I respect what you're doing. It's a great, it's a fantastic idea. Down the shop, you're selling it for 20 pounds more, 20 pounds less. What I will do is negotiate. I will be your regular customer. And today, I might spend a 110. Next time I come, I'm going to spend a 90. Next time I come, I spend a 100. But the prime essence is that you're keeping the money within the community. And that's, what, that's what, where we need to get to, where at the end of the day, you know, they're probably not the only shop that has that price at 110. There's going to be other shops that are not black that are ripped for prices as well. So at the end mm. of the day, I'd rather give you my money and we can negotiate and I'll be your, your best customer, your regular customer, and we'll do the thing. You, you, one day is high and one day is low. Do you know what I mean? And eventually we'll meet somewhere in the middle. The point, and that's just the way you need to see it. We, we see it more happen within the black community, right? You go to a Caribbean shop, mac and cheese is four pounds. My second thing I was about to say, go on anyway. Yeah. My second thing. Four quid. Second I should have to pick a whole flipping tray of mac and cheese and not mm. just get a square for four quid. Mm. I mean, you, yeah. go, you go to, um, I think the cheapest place you can go to as a black person is probably the barbers. Real talk. You know what I'm saying? Mm. 10, 15, mm. 20 quid max. Yeah. Uh, 20 quid yeah. if they want a yeah, barber. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's really good. I'm going to get cut and shaven and everything. You get me? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get like hot, hot towel. Yeah, yeah right. hot towel. Everything. Yeah, hot towel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, what we always fall back to is to say, ah, oh, you know, we don't appreciate what they're doing because we're not willing to pay uh, and all this other stuff. It's like, nah, man. Like, like Observer said, there is a market value for these things. You know what I mean? So I think also, sorry, Francis, I think it comes down to the point where it's like, with the black people, sometimes it comes down to entitlement. So they feel as if because they're black and they've got a new business, that <laughs> automatically you're going to support their business. And that means that whatever prices that you do raise up to them, in order for you to support their business, you're going to pay those prices. So when it comes to the point where it comes like, you know, I don't agree with their pricing, it's too high, they then feel as if, well, there's no point there because in their mind, they're trying to help you as a customer, but you're not supporting them by paying their, their prices that they want to put up. So that's where the barrier comes in. That's where the breakdown comes look, in. Look, look, let me, let, me, let me go back to this hair thing, yeah. I know <laughs> I'm not a woman, but <laughs> I know a lot about this thing. And I think women will appreciate this maybe if I land it well. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, uh, you know what I'm saying? Black women, I should say. You know, and it might be a thing for white women. I don't know. But um, but what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, you look at, look at the hairdresser situation, yeah? Okay, I'm going to the hairdresser. The hairdresser is paying rent for that property, yeah? And uh, not for the property, for the chair. So they, they rent a chair, right? Mm-hmm, they, you, mm-hmm. rent the, you rent the chair, you provide that service. I got to travel to that place and, uh, and you're paying that rent and I pay my money. And okay, so your premium might be a little bit more because you have to pay rent for that chair plus every, everything else that you do. Now, you get these other businesses, you know, where they're saying, okay, come to my house. Yeah, come to my house. I travel to my, your house. You, you, don't pay, you don't pay rent there for like, i.e. for the chair or whatever, you know, apart from just the building that you live in, which you probably don't even pay for because it's your parents' house anyway. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and then on top of that, now I have to watch um, African films where, when I'm there. It's not like I'm getting tea or crumpets or anything beyond what I get in the salon. And, and you're charging 110. And this person is charging 70. So I'm like, what, 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 what's, where's the upside to this? Look, let's be real. 
you just want the money and you're, you're, and you're just exploiting us. You see what I'm saying? So I'm just saying, I'm with, I'm with um, views from the East, Francis on this. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, look, <laughs> I'm just, there's a supply and demand. Don't you know, take no, the I piss. Fully, I fully agree. I fully agree. I think, like you said, a lot of the times I do believe that because we're black, we have to support them. And I stand somewhere in the fence. I think to myself, it's just all about a conversation. Do you know what I mean? I think it's not always necessarily writing someone up straight away. Okay. Just letting them know, okay, cool. I understand what you're doing. I'm all for it. But, you know, your, your prices are too much. You know, the Explain button, to them. The whole, just just the, like I explained to me the whole situation. Explain to them the whole situation that, listen, I want to be a customer. I want it to be long-term. But, you know, explain the situation. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to want to lose you as a valid customer. They're going to want that money to come in still. They're going to say, okay, bruv. You know what, yeah? It's going to come in. Exactly. Yeah, that exactly. If that happens, then that happens, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, you're not going to be able to support every business, you're not going to be able to support every black business. But the point I'm trying to say to you is, I think people look at themselves rather than the community. They think, okay, this is my business. I'm going to try and get as much money as I can. And we look at it as, oh, I ain't going to pay them. Why why am I going to give them my hard cash? Do you know what I mean? But the whole emphasis of this thing is we want to keep money within the community. Like the Jews. I think uh, I read somewhere where they said money changes what I think it stays in the community like I think six times before it comes out of the community yeah, man. Mm. you know what I mean and it's like for us we get paid straight away it's gone <laughs> it goes to black yeah, but I don't think they're charging 110 I don't think they're charging 110 maybe not so, maybe so, not so, but I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure somebody huh? I'm pretty sure somebody <laughs> so, yeah. a question, I'm pretty sure so if the quality of the product that you was buying from a black person was good good value would you would you be willing to spend that amount of money on it Absolutely, because the, the, because at the end of the day, that's a premium market product. You see what I'm saying? You know, we have we have started in economics, and I'm a bit rusty. I did economics a long time ago, <laughs> but it's called monopolistic competition. You get me? Mm-hmm. And and you know, <laughs> and, you know where you know, and there's you have differentiated products, and you have the same product. You see, so the supply and demand dictates that wheat, for example, is going to be the same price across the board. You know, it's determined by market forces. So if you're, if you're, um, if you're, and, and if your economy side, I'm talking rubbish. You know, you can check me on that. But, <laughs> but the fact is, if you charge too much for that wheat, you're gonna, you're not gonna get mm. customers because everyone will buy at a lower price. You see what I'm saying? And if you, if you sell at the lower price, you're not gonna get the profit margin that you would have got, or, or, the, or the value should have got if you sold at the correct market price. So at the end of the day, if you've got a differentiated product, i.e your product is better than somebody else, of course you can charge a premium. We see it all the time. Samsung, Apple, you name it. The list goes on. But if your product is the same, i.e. you just do twists, or you, you know, or and that other person does twists, and I decide to come to you because you are, let's say, a black person and I want to help support you, but you're charging 110 and I charging 80 pounds, I'm sorry, G, I'm out. I, I, I wanted to interject and say, look, yeah, I think... Based on the conversation we just had, yeah, definitely there's some things that black entrepreneurs need to learn um, to kind of to build trust in the community, right? And I think I think I think Observer and Views from the East End need to start a business school on the Saturdays that can help teach <laughs> black entrepreneurs what they, what they should and shouldn't be doing. But I think I think the principle still lies that. <laughs> but I think the principle still lies here yeah, that the entrepreneurship is going to be one of the tools that builds economic prosperity amongst Absolutely. the black community. Absolutely. So I think we need to really drive that and push that. And then I think, um, I can't remember who said it earlier, but it was also um, education. So teaching mm-hmm. ourselves and teaching um, the younger generation as well, that, do you know what, yeah? This whole white saviour mentality, 
of course it's difficult to build business and build uh, uh, entrepreneurship and stuff like that but we need to be having that mindset of look here we're going to come out of college uni and we're going to do things legitly and we're going to try and build business because that's the only that's one of the ways that mm-hmm. we're going to build ourselves up as a community but what yeah. are the other things i, I want to throw this out there what about because in order to build entrepreneurs um, businesses and build entrepreneurs you need finance you need capital what what can we be doing together to kind of kind of drive capital towards entrepreneurs for example black banks black mi- microfinancing vcs all those sort of things and those things are starting to happen but but what, what are your thoughts on that um can i just interject and say that um what tony bizzle said he might have said it in jest but actually that's quite um an insightful thing that actually views from the east and observer have specified knowledge right that many of our men, many members of our community does not have so when we talk about giving back the first instinct is always giving back with money giving back with tangible material wealth right rather than giving back with specified knowledge right because and again when it comes to that knowledge and that's part of the whole education thing um how do we make that attractive for someone to actually want to hear it because it feels like if the person speaking isn't a multi-millionaire or famous or recognizable face, we don't want to listen to what they have to say because we assume the fame the, or whatever, the, the money that that person has, if I listen to what he's saying or she's saying, I'm therefore going to reap the same thing that they have. So our value system is all jacked up already because we're assuming that popularity, fame, um, and money is a thing to strive for rather than just sustainability. Right. So if views from the East End and Observer already have this knowledge that many people in our communities fail to have, many business starters, startup businesses do not have, and you can help them and save them from making that mistake of overcharging for their services, etc. Actually, is your product even good enough? Maybe you need to do more market research and maybe you need to do more um, research and development on your product to make it more enticing for the market. And then you won't have to worry about whether it's too high cost, i.e. premium, um, premium charge, because people are going to pay for it anyway. And in fact, we might say no to them, but the white people are going to come knocking too, saying, can we invest in this? Because we always act as if white people don't want to make money. The one thing they only ever care about is making money, right? If your product sells, they will invest in you and back you, and you'll be that magical Negro, do you know what I mean, that, you know, made it above the rest, etc. And they're fine for you to be that. You're, they're fine for you to be that, you know? Um, but I think we, we just... But there are things that we can give back to our communities that would benefit our community. Only problem is our community doesn't want to hear it. They want to hear like this guy with twists and the beard hasn't shaven. Like, what's he gonna teach me? Nothing. It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. But it's true what you're saying. It's true, man. It's true. It's, it's true. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, yeah, we do. We do definitely. You know, if we have that, if we have, yeah, I think. Um, there's so much value on the education side and that's going to that's going to help as well you see what i'm saying that is going to help as well um there is value on the business side which uh, t bizu was saying the entrepreneurial side as well and that's going to help but, but but then when we talk about uh you know i think in the world i think you guys can can i think um Francis might be able to shed more light on this but you know you have these angel investors for example you know people willing to invest in the Francis business left the conversation so yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know, actually. I was referring to another uh, time, you know, I was somewhere yeah. else, man. Views from the East, I think, is who I'm. I see a views from the East, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and uh, 
and so basically, so basically, I, I, I do want to, I do, I do accept, um, you know, the, the, some of the points that you're saying there. Uh, SRA 06 and uh, I just want to say as well with regards to the investment side of things you know realistically um, I, I, I want to merge two points here SRA 06 earlier said you know black people have never had anything right mm. um, so if I can take that a little bit further mm. and say okay in that in that instance are we even in the position to invest in these startup companies? And and if the answer then is no, right? Because you know, let's say it's, let's say it's not they're not starting a website company which might not need any startup. Let's say they're trying to build uh, uh, you know planes. They're trying to be Boeing, you know, Boeing planes. They need heavy startup. And then we have to now go to other communities. You know, to what degree does that defeat the initiative that we're trying to to pursue? SRA 06. No, absolutely. And I love being quoted. I feel famous now. I feel like, rah, that one day someone's going to be quoting me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, nah, um, you're absolutely right that actually, um, for all intents and purposes, maybe total complete segregation when it comes to economic empowerment is impossible. Perhaps, maybe right? But um, the problem is that there's no intention behind what we're doing, as in we make money for the sake of, you know, making ourselves have a comfortable life. After we've got to the point where we can survive, we then want to thrive and then we want to succeed as much as much as possible. Um, very few people are intentionally creating um, financial surplus for the benefit of benefiting a specific demographic, i.e. black people. Um, so, yes, I absolutely believe that actually in the very beginning, you will not be able to sustain something outside of um, allies with certain communities. They don't have to be white, but then like we go into the whole uh, white and culture thing, right? Jews are Jews by culture. They, they are white by race, etc. right? Um, um, so yeah, in the beginning, no. The only point I would say is one of the things we also need is land. We need like adequate land to build on. Whether you're going to build a school there, you're going to build a community there, you're going to have your own nursery school all the way up to college, but you need land to actually own that this is our land. Police are not even allowed in here unless the community allows you to enter because it's private property. You are trespassing etc so that's also something i would say but on that point about um black people having something yeah we're still at the stage where we're still in our infancy when it comes to actually wealth acquisition what we, what what people would call new money um and it takes a while for that to sell to sell in yeah yeah i, I, I was just gonna add sorry observe i was just gonna add so so when i talk about investments and stuff here Observe, you made a good point around, obviously, where there's heavy investment required, okay, someone wants to start up a, a new Ghana Airways so we can go into Ghana cheaper, yeah? <laughs> That's going to cost <laughs> a lot of money, right? Um, but, but where maybe, I don't know, some of our friends want to set up a business that might need, I don't know, 10, 15K, and they can't get a loan from the bank or whatever, I just feel like, especially amongst our, people like us in our early 30s or late 20s who have decent jobs and um, can maybe have a bit of money on the side, I think there's something to be done with us pooling our money together and being able to provide capital to those that are less fortunate than us. I think there's something there, whether, whether it's microfinancing or microloans um, in the UK, in the States, in Africa, whatever, I think there's something to be done there, man. 
Um, and we're seeing it happen at the larger scale with, there are um, a lot more black-led VCs that are springing up. There's Impact Tech, Backstage Capital, Cornerstone Partners, all in the UK. And they're starting to really provide um, financing for people that, that need a bit more money, right, to start, to start a business. Um, even at the lower level, where it's just some microfinancing, if, if 10 of us, 15 of us got together and we were putting £100 away a month, £200 away a month, and we were using that to invest in our communities, in, in five, 10 years, we could do something amazing. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, I, and I'm just thinking we, we need to be thinking on that level as well um, mm. to really affect change. Yeah, I and think I you're right. Sorry, go on. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, I, I just want to interject, uh, make a point, but then really ask a question. So the point is, um, white people didn't get here by themselves either, right? They used literally the blood, sweat and tears of blacks mm-hmm. and other communities to get where they needed to go so maybe that whole point about what we were discussing before about um black people not having nothing and then trying to build something like a plane and then you know if you're only expecting investment from your own community then how's that going to work truth of the matter is we should use and leverage other communities to get our own wants etc especially if you're using it for a specific end in mind but the point i wanted to make that leads to a question is this they say that you don't get to like a billion or even a hundred million without there being something that you've done that's considered illegal or just outright immoral. They say that without with great wealth, behind great wealth is a great crime, right? In order for black people to get there, because if you look at white wealth, it's behind the crime of, you know, inhumane treatment of a particular race, black people and also Jews, Right. Are black people, if you agree with that statement, are we prepared to commit the level of crimes needed to get to the same standard that white people are on right now? No chance. No. No. <laughs> no, because I don't think we need to do that. You see what I'm saying? I don't think we need to do that. I don't think, I don't think uh, you know, Jews... I don't know. I can't say I'm just speculating, but I don't think Jews are out there committing crimes to stay prosperous in every single country. I don't think that's the case. Uh, you know, I just think, you know, good morals, community values, you know, the, 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 the fact that this is my brother, this is my sister, and I'm going to help them wherever it takes, and I'm not going to defraud them, you know, I'm going to do right by them. Those right mindsets can help. I don't think we have to do squat crimes because, or anything. Right, because those things you just pointed out, good morals, not defrauding people, those are what all the rich people are known for, right? No, nah, I'm just saying. I'm looking at the droopy. I'm not talking about. The, I'm not talking about the capitalist, quote unquote, white person. I'm talking about the Jews. Just I'm just saying. Did you not just hear the same story? Right? They were prepared to lie in court to get away from a, a situation. So yeah, they're defrauding people out here, hundred percent, and they're doing it as a family. The whole family came out of the house. Yeah, it's true. It's true. You got me. I, I put my hands up on that one. <laughs> I can't speak on that one. <laughs> it's a damn shame. <laughs> I don't think the Jewish community are out there defrauding people. However, they protect their own. And that's what I think the difference is. They were ready to, do you know what I mean, to protect their own. They didn't know the situation. They didn't know what happened. It didn't matter. One of the, one of the, they probably thought, okay, two black guys, one Jewish man. Do you know what I mean? He's in danger. And they just wanted to protect him. And that's what I think we need to get to. We don't need to defraud Are we ready to protect our own? We're not ready, but we need to get, to, we need to be ready, but we're not ready. You know, because if that happened, you know, you, you get someone to be like, oh no, you know, they want to get involved. You get some that would be like, oh, you know, taking the white person's side because they're the token. We're trying to find acceptance. You know, it'd be some that like, the thing is, is what is, it's, we don't, black people, unfortunately, 
we don't like each other. And the reason why I say this is because I like you. Like, I like you too. <laughs> I like you too. I like you too. And let me explain that quote. Let me explain that quote. We do like each other, but we found it acceptable to it's nothing to you know run up on a man and, and shoot him or stab him. You know, we've we've kind of embraced that type of mentalities in our culture. You know, it's in the music, it's in, you know, what we're known for. Unfortunately, you know, we're we're gang well, what I shouldn't say we are gangbangers, but you know, if you have, you know, white man Some Chinese, you know, whatever man, certain people, yeah. Well what I'm trying to say to you, I guess the way media has presented us is, you know, white men rich having a inheritance, Chinese are investors, black men, you know, he's good at sport, he's he's strong and he's a gangster, you know, all these kind of things. We kind of embrace these type of mentality. So we think it's yeah. we think it's okay. We think it's okay to but, but Sim, you know. Sim, Sim, can I just interject there? It's good that you said that the media yeah, portray sure. that. The media portray that, of and they, they they have an agenda. Uh, bruv, uh, we we, we were talking we we're, were talking about this in um in one of our chats, right? Black on black crime, that mm. term is is a media agenda. There's mm. white on white crime. If of any course. any people that live is. in a confined space of people, there's going to be white on white crime. Why why isn't that term used? Why isn't Chinese on Chinese crime used? Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but we know that. So so black on black crime, yeah. So the media have an agenda. They will push it in your face. So when it's always in your face, it you accept it basically. So what I was basically saying is if you're born in an environment which is has violence in it, naturally at first you reject it. But after a while, you become used to it, it becomes acceptable to you. So subconsciously, you just, you know, you become a product of your environment. So the media is always pushing black and black and black crime. You think, okay, it's cool, it's acceptable. We don't even think about it anymore. Secondly, as well, the music, all of this, you know, black and black crime, the music that we listen to, yeah, you know, it's good music, it's it's a part of us, but it becomes second nature to kind of think, okay, it's nothing to run up on a man and shoot a man. It's nothing to run up on a man and kill each other. There's no music pushing for Chinese and Chinese doing that. There's no music pushing for white and white doing that. Yeah, I get it. It's part of our environment, but where is broadcast, you know, in our face all the times, it's, it, it, it just becomes a part of our mentality where we think it's, it's nothing. Black and black crime is nothing. You know, to, to hurt your brother is nothing. Well, I, I feel like white and white crime happens, Chinese and Chinese, Chinese and whatever, you know, Oriental crime happens, Indian crime happens, but none of this is all hidden. It's not shown in their face. So it's like as if we're the only race with that problem. In reality, we're not. You know what I mean, but it's definitely a gen of the media. Definitely, you know I mean, it hits the subconscious mind, and that's it. You know, straight away you kind of think, you know, you see a brother on the road, and you're kind of thinking, you're kind of screw facing him, like, what? You know, you're ready, you're ready in case he doesn't anything. You know, and it's like it shouldn't be that way. But in the mind, you just kind of think, cool. You know, I see these two brothers over there. Well, what are they saying? You know, like what are they saying? They're gonna try something. And it's like, why is it like that? Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't be like that. But subconsciously, it's, it's just hit all of us. Just to jump on so, what you're saying to me, like. Mm. I totally agree. Like, I think media is like a very big cause in terms yes, of what's happening yes. because, like, you know, in the media, there's so much propaganda. You know, you don't really see anything, any positive images about black men or black people exactly. in the media. Exactly. And it's driven by a cause to obviously, I think, to keep oppression, to cause, you know, a lot of kind of, um, it, it, it brings us into a stereotype of obviously of what black people you know, what they do and what they look like and that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, it's it's solely, you know, obviously there's a purpose to it, you know what I mean? There's definitely a purpose to this week, man. You know what I mean? And, um, 
yes, it's it's definitely stirring us, man. I, I, w- I would say this as well. I just want to come back to a point, you know, that, that I think SRA 06 made. And I just want to say, like, you know, yeah, uh, Sim, Sim gave a point where, uh, you know, the Jews were coming out to, 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 um, to protect people, the person in their community and stuff like that. But, you know, I just think whether you're, you know, a religious person or not, you know, I, I do think there's universal right and wrongs you know and mm-hmm. i think we have to all ask ourselves to the degree to what degree are we willing to go to to get what is right and i don't and i just want to say i i'm not actually for the point of you know doing violence and harm to other people i just i don't think that gets us anywhere but i i um I, you know so I, I i just i just think you know it's, it's difficult to reconcile those two things because you know when yeah it's difficult it's difficult because when when especially if you're a person of faith you know you're you're not really you're not you're not for people killing and all this kind of stuff and defrauding others and stuff like that and i get and i get that you know some may say well that's the problem you know that's why we can't because we're always kind of bowing down to um to 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 do to, to what you know some whatever but this is just things I'm putting out there for for maybe another day <laughs> you know people yeah. can think on these things you know I was glad can I just interject said. sorry sorry oh, you know, interject get in there you got four you got literally three minutes get in there go on go on yeah no can I just interject and say actually yeah we're talking about that same point you made about this is exactly the reason why we won't make that that's the point I'm going to make right now. Because that very same book you're quoting, whether it's the Bible or whatever, God was pleased when these kings in the Old Testament would go around slaughtering people. I literally read that the other night. Josiah went around slaughtering people and God was pleased. And when the people of Israel um, failed to please God and he allowed Babylon to take over, uh, to, to essentially take them into bondage, they cried out to God and he said he was unwilling to forgive them unwilling this is the god that you're preaching about right unwilling to forgive them so when you're talking about oh um i don't con- con- condone violence i i can agree with it to a certain extent but here's the truth white people are where they are now because they condone violence because they were violent because they committed violence acts because they raped and they stole and they pillaged literally you're talking about people are oh, when the looting starts the shooting starts your museums are full of looted products looted content right? So it's not so much that I condone violence, but it's the fact that I look at it realistically and violence has been with us from the very, very start. That's just facts. So you can't talk about a polite way of getting to the top. So either we want to get to the top or we should say, thank you, God, for the little piece we have right now. And I can't wait to get to heaven. There's no two ways about it. You can't... Yeah, yeah, Sorry, go on. You can't get... I stand somewhere in the middle. Where, um, Lightweight. Sorry, Sim. Go ahead. No, no, it's cool. cool. No, I, I stand somewhere in the middle where I think, um, you know, the Bible says there's a time for everything. There's, there's a time to do you know, pride. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to be stressful. And I believe there's a time to fight as well. <laughs> you know, there's a time to take up your sort of fight. Um, I don't necessarily think that violence is always the best way forward. I think sometimes certain battles can be won in different ways. But... I don't think it's, you know, I, I think it's quite ignorant for, you know, I'm a man of faith myself and I think it's quite ignorant when sometimes we just 
pray and do no action. You know, the Bible says faith without um, works is dead. And sometimes I just think we, we pray, but we don't necessarily take action. So it, it's definitely a balance of both, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I think, I think again, you need to pray, you know, pray and you need to have, you need to have the works, you know, but I just, I just think it's about the right works. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm trying to say. Say that again, that's Radio 6, say that again. Whoever heard us talking, especially whoever heard me talking, this is not licensed for you to go out and do violence and say that SRA or six soldiers to do it, etc. No, not at all, right? Not at all. We love everybody. Okay, yeah, great conversation, guys. I think we're just about to run out of time. Just got underneath a minute. Um, so yeah, look, again, I think it's been a very insightful conversation. I think there's been a lot of good points made. Um, I think it's one of those topics where we can talk about it for the whole day really um, but we're eager to get everyone back on for a second part or a sixth part or eighth part whatever it is um, but yeah I mean I think a good way to wrap up is I think again unfortunately it's not going to be sort of the last time that we do experience or talk about this type of subject um, but based on what everyone said there are practical steps that all of us can take to ensure that um, that we can win the battle at some point it's not going to be easy of course it won't but uh, there are steps that we can take you know, to eventually get to where we want to be, really. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank everyone again for coming on today. Uh, it's been a really good conversation. Again, if you've liked what we've spoken about today, uh, subscribe, like, share. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well.